Welcome to Mysterious Goings On, the podcast about creativity, writing, and mystery. Every week, we talk about all kinds of great fiction and meet the people who write it. We also feature explorations about creativity in all walks of life. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will join you right after this. It was May of last year when I met potentially one of my best friends ever. I know, right? She was on Mysterious Goings On. She was on the show. And she was one of the very few poets that I (laughs) put on the show. (laughs) Because I don't know. I'm not a big poetry expert. I like poetry. I appreciate poetry. But what I liked and appreciated most, besides her brilliant work as a poet, I like her. Her name is Sonia Iris Lozada, and she's back. It's almost a full year. And in honor of National Poetry Month, April, we're getting this in under the wire. She's back. She has more work. She is a poet and performer. She's fascinated with perceptions of time, history, dreams, psychology, and the metaphysical. Let's get metaphysical. Metaphysical. Most of all, she is fascinated by interesting people and it shows. Guests on her podcast, which you should be subscribed to by now, Poetic Resurrection, rave about her warmth, intelligent conversation, and genuine concern for what they have to say. No doubt, Sonia's success as an actor for both stage and screen play a role in your ability to entice guests to share what they know and feel with listeners. So, no pressure on me. But uh, I'm going to welcome this uh, dynamo, this personality, this wonderful friend back to Mysterious Goings On, Sonia Iris Lozada. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. It's always fun to talk to you. You know that. (laughs) Oh, stop. It's fun to talk to you. So see, it's a mutual admiration society right there. Yes. We should say, by the way, uh, again, Poetic Resurrection, but you and I do kind of a fun show as we can, usually monthly. It's called? Chica. And the man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we still and have- he does this every single episode. He never comes in on time. <laughs> I, I've heard that my entire life. Um, no, but you, you, you know, the show is like uh, unscripted as it gets is what the tagline. And it really is just, it's really two friends. And it's funny because like I said, we've known each other about a year. But I felt like I've known her. I felt like I've known you forever. And it's just we get together and we pick a topic or a topic picks us often. And away yes, we go. Exactly. So I'll, I'll try to remember put a link in there. There's some true confession going on there. There's some goofiness. There's me being absolutely dumb as usual. And then there's Sonia just trying to keep everything on track. And it, it, <laughs> But if you want fascinating uh, behind the scenes kind of stories about her work as an actress, and I mean as a working actress in Los Angeles, it's a must. You really ought to listen because we don't get into it all the time, but every now and then she'll talk about an audition or a role. And it's, I, I love it. As a failed actor, I love talking to an actual uh, working actress. So Thank you. let's, in the, to- <laughs> in the time we have here today, yes. you, you got a new book coming out this month. What's going on here? It is called, it's a compilation of my first and second Inspire Me books. Because Inspire Me is a series. So the first two books are in there and there's a sneak peek at my third book that's coming out called Inspire Me Awakening Dreams. And I, I am also getting it in under the wire in the poetry month. So today I got my book description written, not by me, I, had, I hired somebody and I got it in. So it, it should be up sometime this week, at least the ebook. So book one was Inspire Me Raw. 
And book two is Inspire Me Perception. Correct. And now we have Awakening Dreams. Correct. What should we expect for those who, who, let's say for the folks who've picked up book one and two, what what are we looking at here? Is there a a difference uh, direction in this? Is it true to Awakening Dreams? What are we looking at here? We're looking, in the first book, it was pure raw emotion. It Hmm. was pain and anger and hurt and all of this stuff came out. And also there's some comedy there because I've always battled with my weight and I'm making total fun of it. Like there's a, in the first book, there's one called go-go boots because I cannot get my fat ass legs in a pair of go-go boots. Okay. So you see that picture and they're actually full legs. I should not call them fat ass legs. (laughs) And then the second book is more about perception. Even though it hits a lot of different subjects, it's how we perceive things. And I'm going to do a reading of one of the poems uh, called Tomorrow from that one. And I'm also going to be doing Citizen from the first one, which is more like a rant. I can also do, uh, I have a quick one that I can do from the upcoming book. And this will be the first time it will be read on air. I think we, we should we start there? Okay. Let's start okay. with the, the one that is not yet published. So I, uh, from the third one, It deals with awakening dreams. I had originally called it in time of need, but that was because it was during the pandemic. And now it's just things changed so much and was so challenging that people started thinking about life and death and what is really important to them. And so I said, well, is death really that bad? I mean, I do believe in reincarnation. So the soul doesn't die, but the fear of the body dying is how and how would it be if we accepted it as different? I think we're all fearful of death in some way because it's it's finite in this existence. But what if it wasn't? What if we looked at it differently? So I wrote Shades of Being, and it's from my upcoming book, Inspire Me, Awakening Dreams. I stand on the beach absorbing the indigo sky. The whispering breeze surrounds and envelops me as I breathe. It cools the soul. The waves creep up and work with the sand to mold my feet on earth. The sun's desert colors, rays of light, peek through the singing ocean waves, sounds of release and content. Therefore, I feel light floating slowly over the water. I'm not afraid as I'm swept towards the light of eternal energy. The sea creatures do a singing infinity dance by my side. The sparkling eyes of these mammals transform my essence. I'm not alone. How long I have waited to go into the depths of the ocean where emotions ease life's pains as they bathe the skin in harmony. No entanglements. No rains holding me. I turn to see my past and see the shadows of my family and friends holding on to the remaining essence of the sand encasing my life, my experience, the memorable essence, the memorable existence of each footstep we walked together. I see what I hear here, and I, by the way, I don't intend to. Uh, you know, give my thesis on everything you've written, but so I, the ocean, it sounds to me as if the, the ocean is like a metaphor, like when, when we do pass away here, 
maybe we're going to be bathed in this other environment, this other ocean. You know what I mean? Like, like right now, the ocean seems so uh, both welcoming, but also uh, foreign to us, right? Um, but you're not alone in there. And I'm just, I'm wondering if maybe this could be that when we finally do let go of this life, if we go become energy somewhere else and it's going to be that kind of thing, that's probably not what you were doing, but that's what I was hearing. And I, I, I really like that. It's actually what influenced the cover of the uh, uh, series yeah, a, yeah. And because water signifies emotions usually. Hmm. And here I am being part of it all over again, being part of the oneness of it and being okay with it. Hmm. The, the sand encasing my feet is, you know, being cremated. As I said, I, I would not get it exactly right. But the thing about poetry too, is you can always find things that speak to you in a different way, which I love. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I let the reader how they feel. This is how I felt. And so on the new cover, there's a mermaid and mm -hmm. she's swimming towards the top. Yes. So going through the sea of emotions. Right. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That will be again in the upcoming book, Inspire Me, Awakening Dreams. You've actually had some acclaim for your poetry in your, in your state of California. Didn't you get asked or didn't you, didn't the arts council and perform some of your poetry or my thinking it was it's, it was a charity the ash academy and what they do is they work with youth training them to get into college after college and also helping their parents because what they realized as they were helping the students that the parents really needed mentoring as well and right. it's so important to have a mentor. And actually, when I gave that speech, I got a little emotional because it's like, that was something that I always wanted. I always wanted a mentor. Yeah. And I had school teachers, but in, in life, you know, it was all like, by accident, I learned. Right. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I've been there too. I've, I, I spoken at a few school events, you know, and it's just, you're looking at all these big, these big wide eyes. And I just got taken back to when I was a child, a young person in school, and people would come. And I'll, I'll never forget when the first writer showed up at our school to give a talk. And uh, he was, uh, he was. I think everybody found him to be interesting, but strange and exotic at the same time. Of course, he turned out to be my grandfather who wrote Westerns. He came and spoke to my seventh grade class. Oh, how sweet. And some of the kids I just know were like, man, that, that old dude's weird. But you know what? He was wonderfully weird. But I'm not saying you're weird. I'm just saying, though, I think... I think it does make an impression and it's great that you did that. Just like your work makes an impression. I wanted to ask you, and I will get back to the poetry in a moment. How's the acting going? It is busy. What's going on is I'm so busy during the week now that I could only basically do auditions. I mean, interviews for my own podcast on the weekends now. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I'm being, yeah. And you were really busy with your PR work. So it, it does get, you know, life gets in the way. And so you end up adjusting to it. Now, it's funny, because I've always wanted to be this busy, but it's a little overwhelming and exciting at the same time. I have an, a new commercial agent, and they have been sending me out in the last two weeks, I think I've had like eight auditions. Good gravy. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. I haven't had eight auditions in years let alone two weeks. Yeah, you, you definitely 
got a hold of the right new agency. That's for sure. I sure did. <laughs> and they, and I bet you they're going to be glad they made the deal with you because I know you'll do some, you'll do some yes. work and it'll be great. So well, I was just curious about that. Yeah. If you want to know more about Sonia's uh, acting career, she's got an IMDB and she's got a website. What's your website, by the way? SoniaLozava.com. There you go. There'll be a link in the show notes. Let's go back though. Let's, let's go back. When did you feel comfortable enough with your poetry to actually not just share it with people, but publish it? Oh, I have been writing poetry since I was a kid, but there was, I would write it and put it in a drawer because there were emotions I didn't exactly want to share with everybody. I felt very vulnerable and I didn't want people to know things about me. It was just for me. It was like my therapy. And then I wrote my first book, I had surgery, and I was sitting at home, bored as can be, because I couldn't drive, it was my right foot, I got operated on, so I had to stay home, and they told me it was just a routine operation, but I got sick, I, and I was in bed for a while, Ooh. and when I got better, I said, I don't want to go back to that job, I realized so many things, one, I didn't want to go back to that job. I didn't know, realize how unhappy I was, and I was. I had a lot of time to reflect. And then when I wrote my first book and I got it edited, I was really thinking of using a pen name because I still didn't want people to know it was me. And then I said, I am never going to get over myself if I just don't do it. So I said, okay, I did it. And I was on the phone with them and I did and, they, and this is with Amazon. And I didn't, the woman kept saying, because she needed to look at the manuscript to see if it was set up right. And she says, hit enter, which hit publish is what she uh, wanted to do. And I'm uh, like, I couldn't do it. It was so hard. And then I finally did it. And I thought the whole world's going to know, but the whole world's not going to read my book. So that's an exaggeration right there. But now people were going to know. And then they, my reviews were like, I thought she was talking about me. It's, you know, they yeah. felt really close to it. And the reviews, it's been my first book was the one that was the best reviews and the most reviews that I've had. And it's great stuff. It is. You know, speaking of like things that you, you were those concerns about people knowing those feelings, you have a great poem that uh, I think you've described to me privately as kind of a ranty poem. Uh, yeah. But I, I think it's beautiful. It's called Citizen, and it's it's fierce. Uh, any chance you could read Citizen for us? Sure. I wrote this poem, believe it or not, five months before Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico. And you're a Puerto Rican descent, we should say that. I am a Puerto Rican descent, yes. So, curly red hair, freckled skin, speaking Spanish, not fitting in. People's bias, perceptions, ignorance, citizen. Where are you from? How did you get here? Was it a struggle? No, citizen. No boats, no tunnels, no hiding, airplanes. I belong here, born here, educated, citizen. It reminds me so much of, this came out a couple of years ago, around that time of the, the hurricane, so many people I ran into didn't understand that Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States. Commonwealth. It's a commonwealth. But they didn't understand that. There was a woman who was at a park with her family 
maybe you heard this story made national no, news. So. They, they were grilling, just doing, just enjoying being out at a park, doing nothing wrong. But she was wearing a Puerto Rico t-shirt mm-hmm. and she was accosted by a middle-aged white man who uh, said, if you don't love this country, you need to get out. He, he was so stupid. He didn't understand that Puerto Rico is part of the United States. No, it's like wearing the, the flag of Illinois or Minnesota. Or right. Uh, you know, of course, you, you know, you hear about the news with Ukraine right now. There's a, a steakhouse uh, chain, I think, in North Carolina. And they, they're called it's called like a Texas steakhouse, not a roadhouse, not that big one. But they used to have outside. They have like Texas flags around the whole building, just kind of corny steakhouse kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they replaced just one of those with the Ukraine flag, just as solidarity. And now people are threatening death threats. And it, it, it's just ridiculous. And I know, so when I read Citizen, when I, and then when I hear you, you perform it, read it, I don't have a conception of that. I mean, I'm offended by how stupid that can be. And I'm offended by ignorance because you can't really be offended by people who are just dumb. They're dumb. Okay, fine. But you can be offended by people who choose to be ignorant, who are willfully ignorant. And it seems to me that your life, and I'm sure that of your family and so many of your compatriots, it, it must be almost a daily occurrence where you have to put up with crap like that. Well, you know what? It was, and it happened with acting because acting, they see you, a perception of you. I felt like it was an armchair therapist, you know, or an armchair (laughs) archaeologist. They think they know because they read or, you know, no, it's, okay, Puerto Ricans, culturally, every Latin country or Latin area has a different belief system. Mm -hmm. And Puerto Ricans are more liberal in terms of, you know, we don't have the patriarch, very strict machismo thing. It exists everywhere and even in the U.S. with various different cultures, but it's not a big deal. And since I have freckles and I have a lot of red in my hair, it was always an issue. It's like, well, what are are you mixed? You know, and... Oh, yeah, I got that. And so when I started acting, they told me I was too Latin looking. Oh, my God. And when the Latin looking thing was popular, now I'm not Latin looking enough because I have freckles in my hair. (laughs) Hollywood is so it's it is and it is so stereotyped. I mean, casting directors are just they're just using the unfortunate shorthand of uh, stereotypes to cut through the stacks of people they're trying to audition to fill a role, right? Well, that, and also the production company tells them, this is what we're looking for. So they will look for what the production company is telling them they're looking for. And much of it is stereotypical. Like I went on on an audition and I talked about, I got interviewed yesterday and I talked about this. There was a role I went out for. The woman's husband got killed. And She's hysterical because, you know, if you're Latin, that's all you do. You don't know how to contain yourself. (laughs) And so she's hysterical. So I asked, is she of, because she was wealthy. This woman was wealthy. I go, is she upper class? And they go, yes. It's not like new money. I go, okay. Is, so he was the patriarch and she was the matriarch. And they go, yes. I go, well, she's not going to go hysterical. Because now she's the matriarch. She has to hold it together for the family. Yes, she's going to cry. She's going to be upset. But she's not going to like 
you know, throw herself on the floor like a fish out of water and just really go hysterical. And they kind of wanted that. And as I'm listening to all the actors and I'm like, oh, I'm not getting this. <laughs> because that's not what someone that is of old money would behave like. Exactly. You know, it's it's in every culture. It doesn't matter. You are raised to re be reserving you, you were raised to hold back your emotions, to keep it together. Mm -hmm. And her status, she had to step into the role of the main matriarch because patriarch got killed. Yeah. So she's not, you know, she's going to try to hold it together. She's still going to cry. She's still going to be upset, but she's not going to be hysterical. The fiery Latina. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody was grew up in the hood and you just happen to have money now. No. And even then <laughs> that's a stereotype, you know? <laughs> Sorry. I can see your face, everybody. And she's just got this look. I just love it. It's hilarious. Because uh, you're just like, I've had it with this crap. Um, oh, yeah. And you know what? We It is hard. Americans are known to be the worst at geography. Oh, yeah. So when people have the geography, I mean, I have a friend of mine. Well, actually, she was a co-worker a long time ago. And she said to me, you know that my father-in-law asked me what the exchange rate in Puerto Rico is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And she said to him, the American dollar. <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, there's just for you people out there that don't know, Guam, people from Guam are also American citizens. I think yep. that's the only U.S. territory besides Puerto Rico that are U.S. You guys get to vote and, and everything. You know what's really weird? We get to vote for people in Puerto Rico, but we can't vote for the president. Unless Which is so we, weird. Unless we fly to Florida and vote. I mean, it's just like, really? It's That's so stupid. You can't vote for the president if you are in Puerto Rico. But if you fly to one of the states, then you can vote, you know. So what, what, you, well, what, what, I was going to say, yeah, you got to register in Florida. So there's a way to do that where you... Yeah. No, you're, so no, you're registering. That are... That are I mean, I know a couple of people that are bicoastal. They live a couple months in one area and a couple months in another area. And when you do that, you just have to say, okay, this is my permanent residence. You have to claim you, one of those. You got to pick one, residence. not both. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Don't do a market. You can live most of the year in Puerto Rico. I mean, I think you have to live depending on the state, because in Puerto Rico to be a citizen of Puerto Rico, you have to be there six months and one day. God. <laughs> one day. Now, now, of course, you you live in California, so you're registered to vote there, and you don't have to worry about mm -hmm. all this, right? Correct. Yeah, right. And I was born and raised in Chicago. So exactly. Exactly. Born and raised in Puerto Rico. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Well, gosh, we we're almost out of time, but I want to know. Do you want me to still read tomorrow? I do, but I was, okay, she asked me ahead of time, folks, which ones, and I really like this one, but go ahead and do it, but then in the back of your mind, if there's one that might be, we can go on an upbeat note, that's not that this is downbeat, but it's got a heavy subject, well, we'll, we'll see, okay. this, is, this is called tomorrow. If I was to die tomorrow, would I have organized my home? Would I have left my paperwork in order? Would I have made it easier for my family? If I were to die tomorrow, would I have followed and completed my dreams? Would I have loved the way I wanted to love? Would I have visited the world like I wanted to? If I was to die tomorrow, would I have told those that I love that I love them? 
Would I have seen the beauty in my own life? Can I say that I lived my life to its fullest? If I were to die tomorrow, would I have lived today? Would I have loved differently? Would I have felt my life was complete? If I would die tomorrow, a sadness would be there to know I wasted so much time. If I were to die tomorrow, I would have made the unknown known. I'd face the unknown I was so afraid of as I choose my life today with strength and joy. And those are words to live by. Those are words to live by. Well, actually, this comes full circle in our discussion, but I think if you have perspective about dying, it really does clarify the way you live. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I actually, you know, my other show, I repeat, other show, like third show here, my PR <laughs> show. But you know what I did? I just recorded before you came on. I just, I did a recording of an episode about the great resignation, how a lot of people are just like, and you know, Sonia, you know that I basically quit my profession and went to took a job in another profession. And I never thought about it that way until just recently, you know, that I was not in the same line of work, right? When I read tomorrow, this is so funny. I read tomorrow. I was like, yeah, because I'm sitting there on this, this one I did on PR after hours about, about quitting my profession, trying something else, because the roots of that with so many people in the great resignation is COVID woke them up and they're just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I only have this much time on the planet and I want to spend it, if possible, working somewhere that fulfills me more or has better flexibility. And so then I reread this morning, if I would die tomorrow, and I thought, hmm, Sonia got in my head. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I um, listened to the audiobook of a book called The Untethered Soul. Mm. And he's kind of, he's funny. He, he's very in your face. He goes, you're going to die anyway. Yeah. Why not live? And I'm like, wow. I mean, you just right in your face. You're going to die. You're going to die anyway. Why not live? But let me ask you something. Because you, you brought this on. I'm looking forward to, like, I've got to do some family things today. We're recording on a Sunday, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to do some family things, but also every Sunday I get an hour or two to myself. I, if the weather's nice, I'll sit outside and I will read a book. I might have a little sip of something or whatever. But that's my time to just, I don't know, recharge and just, you know, is that a waste of time? Because I'm not out climbing like a, 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 a no. sheer rock face or I'm not biking through the Tetons or on vacation. You see what I'm saying? I think some people miss the point, though, about living their life. Does it have to be a performative thing or can it can it be, Sonia, simply enjoying time reading a good book? Yeah, because it, it eases your soul. I mean, you know, we all feed the physical, what do we want in life? How much money do we want? Our mind never shuts up. It's like having its own conversation about everything. And even stuff that we're not even upset about, it'll create something. But then we don't, you know, when does our soul speak? When does, when does everything else shut down so that we can calm ourselves? For some people, it's yoga. For some people, it's hiking. For some people, it's reading. For some people, it's just sitting still and meditating. It just, it's what makes you feel comfortable, what eases your mind, what makes you feel more balanced and centered, because we need to be balanced. We can't just be go, go, go. So what is wasted time then? Give me an example of what you perceive as wasted time. Wasted time to me is not wanting to do anything at all. (laughs) 
I, I said, no, maybe I need this moment. I mean, there are times where I said, I really need to work on my book, but my mind isn't in there. And you keep forcing it and forcing it, and then you become less creative. So sometimes just sitting outside and having a drink, having, you know, reading a book that you want to enjoy, that's just so peaceful. And I think a lot of us think as peace, being peaceful as a bad thing, like yeah. of being lazy. And we're not lazy. We just, yeah. we really need that time to recoup. It's like sleeping. You have to sleep. That's such a great point. That's such a great point. I was going to ask you to read another one, but you know, actually, I think that that is a good one to go on because yeah, that, that was very uplifting just now because it, because when you first read it, it's like, oh, gosh, this is heavy. But now, actually, there, it's, uh, I don't know, it frees me up. Um, which yeah, I, I, I read it at the, um, when I was the speaker for that uh, Ash Academy. I said, this is going to sound morbid, but it's really not. It's really not. Yeah, you're right. I think it was it took you reading it, though, that I realized what you were saying. You know what I mean? It really hit me. Um, so you should be doing an audiobook of of all of these. You do know that, right? I Yes, I should. You should. <laughs> You are an actress and you're, you're, you're wonderful. Hey, when this book comes out, of course, everybody listening, check the show notes. If there's not a link, I'll put one in as soon as there is one. But when, uh, when it does come out, where will it be available? It'll be available first on Amazon. Okay. And then the paperback will come out. It is 191 pages. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, it's a compilation of the, there's a lot of pictures. I love pictures. So it's a, a poetry picture book. And there's almost one picture to every poem, but there are some from the first book. There's, you know, it, there, the, the photos or the pictures are dispersed. In the know? first book, I did all the pictures myself. Right. I actually that, went to the park and took all the pictures and, and uh, changed them. But not this one? You got some others? No, this one I... I spent a lot of time trying to, you know, after I, I wrote the poem and finding something that fits. Mm -hmm. So I would go to the park. I would go to take pictures of tenements or what, whatever fits. I went around the house and took a picture of a stone angel I had. I, I have a teddy bear that I took a picture of for oh. a little girl. Yeah. So because I didn't want to use my baby picture because that would just be, I think, too hard to read because it's already a very intense poem. Great. There are going to be links in the show notes also to her Insta page and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and LinkedIn. All that stuff will be available to you. Sonia Iris Lozada, what is it? You think we should tell everybody one more time that they should come um, listen to our show sometime? What's that show? Oh, called? yes, definitely. And right now we're releasing it on the last day of the month. So because somebody's a pain in the butt. <laughs> because I, I keep hounding him to do an episode and we do more than one even though it's more work for me because i have to edit everything she does all of it i just show up and do a little bit of pr but i mean she does it all i just show up and uh play the fool so uh, yeah, you are so it. you are so long suffering to put up with me i do appreciate it <laughs> Um, I'm okay. Again, folks, the books are book one, inspire me raw and book two, inspire me perception, upcoming book, inspire me awakening dreams. You got to get this stuff. It's wonderful. It, I think the last thing I'll say before I give you the last word, my dear, is just that a lot of people hear poems and poetry and they kind of, they get their guard up. I don't get this. Uh, you know, uh, it's, is it going to rhyme? What's it mean? You know, this, I don't know. It's flowery language, but you know, if you just give into it and read it like I did, you may just find, like a lot of people who reviewed the first book said, I feel like she was 
speaking to or talking about me. And I think that is the hallmark of a really great poet. So, Sonia, I'll give you the last word. I do try to make my poetry simple. And because I love poetry, I want other people to love poetry. There's so much in uh, poetry is more than anything. It's, it's emotions. It's speaking about an event. It comes from the soul. And then it's put into a poetic fashion. So get into poetry. And there's so much more that will go from there. They're really short. You know, they're not long. And that's what's good about poetry. They're normally not super long poems unless you're reading the rhyme of the ancient mariner. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me on your show. I love your podcast and I'm very honored for us to be working together as well. Thank oh, you. Me too, pal. Me too. Hi, I'm Michelle Stinson Ross, a longtime listener, occasional guest, and definite friend of this podcast. I am also the co-founder of Mindful Happy. I'm here today to ask for your help. Mindful Appy is about to launch an academic peer-reviewed study to validate how we measure emotion with emoji. We need a diverse group of 500 participants that are willing to engage with us over the course of five days. If you're interested in participating in the study and helping us by sharing your feelings for science, please visit mindfulappy.com. That's mindful, A-P-P-Y.com. Thanks for joining us on Mysterious Goings On. Be sure to follow Mysterious Goings On wherever you get your podcast and never miss an episode. Don't forget, you can get the links to books and other things mentioned on the show at mgopod.com. Until next time, keep reading.